Welcome back to another episode of Ask Eliza Anything, the podcast where I occasionally have on my friends that are super cool. And he's been kind enough to join me today. We've got my friend. Everybody says Elon, but I say Elon. Is that wrong? I can't actually hear the difference anymore. So you just said the same thing twice to me. I hear, like, people say Eliza and Eliza. I say Eliza, but it is Eliza. I don't hear the difference. Maybe I don't hear vowels. Maybe (laughs) Elon. Elon. I don't. I don't think you hear stress. Like there's the stress. Elon and I can, Elon. I can't hear those little accent marks, no matter which ones they are. Okay, so you're racist. Yeah. Like, I don't hear your accent. No, no accent marks. Mm-hmm. Like uh, can't hear the silent accent. I can't marks. hear umlauts. Um. Well, you don't have any in your name. Right. It would be Elon, which would be hideous. The two dots. That's how it's. That's how my mother says it. Elon. Elon. Uh, Elon Gale, Hello. author of You're Not That Great, But Neither Is Anyone Else, a book that I'm featured in. Yeah, because so. you're not that great, but neither is anyone else. I beg to differ. Um, but you're the author of, of that, and you produced The Bachelor for 10 years. Folks, this is not about—we're not a podcast about what do you do. We're a podcast about what are you. You know, so The Bachelor was your job, but you're so much more than that, which is why I'm friends with you. What, what do you think I am? I, that's why you're here. Okay. No, do but, you have a sense— I describe you as when I when I was thought when I thought like oh I should have Elune on the podcast. <laughs> you strike me as like sort of a jack of all trades, but more in the sense that like you know a lot of people and everybody kind of kind of everybody likes you <laughs> and you've got this wide array of friends and you're always jet setting off. I've known you for a very long time before you were jet setting, yeah. and I've watched your jet setting grow. Elon will just be like on a plane to China, gonna go eat soup dumplings with my girlfriend Molly, and you just take these trips, and it's very inspiring because you just Thank do you. it. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've watched that. But it's all—it all comes back to just—it's funny because if you think about how all of that comes together, it's just a fear of my own death. <laughs> sure, it's just more—it's just my fear of mortality. Spoken like a true man. It's and and as a Jew, <laughs> I'm just afraid that I'm gonna die and. I'm afraid, I think my number one fear in life is that one minute before I die that I'll be aware enough to feel the full weight of the regret of my life. Um, I'm going to just add some clarity to that. You're definitely going to die. But no regrets because you've already done so many fun things. Like if you died right now and people were like, did you have fun? Yes, but every single thing along the way I had to make a decision because doing those kind of things is not a responsible choice. Right. Going to China to eat is fun. It's great. It's interesting. It's not a fiscally responsible choice. Right. It's not a carbon responsible choice. The flight's leaving anyway. That's true. But I, I'm. it's not like I can go, oh, this is a smart idea. What I'm doing is I'm doing it because the weight of what would I feel like if I didn't do this is stronger than what do I need for the future. That could, but it's soul responsible, and you don't. This is not. If you were a woman, I wouldn't say this, but you're not married. You don't have kids, right. so this is the time to do those things because to do it later would be irresponsible. Totally, and I think my goal is to continue to do it and probably not have kids mm-hmm. for that reason because I'm not sure that I consider having kids responsible for me. For you, right? For me. I think people should listen to that. You know, Elon's basically saying, like, take the bull by the horns. Go do the fun thing because you don't know when you're going to do it again or if you're going to die. And just make sure the fun thing is actually something fun and not something that other people have told you is fun and not something that you saw on Instagram. Give me an example because that I get so – that topic makes me so horny. I'm like, let's talk about (laughs) things like music festivals. I I have a good one. I know I won't enjoy it. I have a good one that probably a lot of people will disagree with. So that's a hot take. Um, (laughs) 
don't go to Venice in Italy. I agree. Don't go to Venice in Italy. And I have because a, and we'll say on the it's because it's one, two, three. The Stinky. same thing as oh. as. It, <laughs> Okay, it is that, but that's not the issue. The issue for me is if you've seen a lot of photographs of Venice, you've already seen Venice. Mm. It never is going to be better than what it looked like in the photographs you saw. It's never going to be – it's never going to live up to your expectations. Whereas someplace like Machu Picchu, for example, uh, also half the price to get there. Meanwhile, it's so much more mm. than you can ever capture in a, in a photograph. Photo. Sure. And Venice is just like you're lost all the time. There's uh, so tons of mask stores. Everyone's yelling at you. So many masks. Like, enough with the Shakespeare. So many mask stores and so many tourists. Yeah. Well, and I, and I get it. Oh, oh here's and it's a, sinking. Here's another one. Versailles. I thought Versailles was pretty. Okay, but the building or the outside? The outside. Right. Right. Skip the building. The building is a building. But also Look go, at go pictures the of the building. The building was not as big. The, the gardens. And the the gardens are unbelievable. You yeah. can't capture them in a photograph. There's so many. They're so vast. Right. It's vast. Vast. Vist. Vist. I feel this way about most things. I also think, you know, I always love the idea that something will surprise me. But I always feel like at 36, like, I kind of have a handle on what I will and won't like. Right. And it's chances are, you know, like my friend was like, I've got front row tickets to Death Cab for Cutie. And I was like, should love the band. Kind of skip that one. Don't enjoy live music that I don't know all the words to. Right. Don't want to go. Don't love live music. I, I, went, I know I, I did that. I went to a rack. But I also, whenever that instinct comes up in me, I have to check myself because I'm also like a stubborn bitch. Yes. So I had to go, oh, man, someone invited me to a Rack and Tours concert two weeks ago. Oh, and I heard it was really I good. know like three songs. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to. And I went, and I had an amazing time. Yeah. Because part, I think part of, you know, growing up, we're, we're about the same age, is you have to, like, learn your shortcuts for what you do and don't like. Mm-hmm. And you also have to accept that you're probably wrong about 90% of things. At least that's how I look at it. I think, I I think you're more co- – this is where we differ. <laughs> Only here, though. Only – well, I think it's because <laughs> it's our core mentality as friends for years is that you <laughs> know what you're doing. <laughs> and it works for you. And I really believe that. I'm not saying that as a— as Yeah, a, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know. I really don't. Okay. I just do it really fucking hard. And That's it fair. works a lot. And it doesn't work a lot. I, I think I generally live in a much more anxious, unhappy place than you do. Now that you're saying it, and I'm putting things together— Maybe, but where we there's that's where we converge, but where we come back or and where we come back, that's where we diverge and where we converge is you don't know what you're doing, I do, but we're both doing it really hard. And yeah. I think we're both yielding similar results where I'm like, this is not working most of the time, even yeah. though I'm doing it really hard. Well, you're also a good example of someone who you've known what you've wanted to do with your life for a long time. S- since I've met you, mm-hmm. you've been the same person, mm-hmm. same goals, larger and larger and larger and increasing and changing in that way. Yeah. I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. I don't know what I want to be. I I don't know what I want my life to look like at all. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that I want it to go well. Right. But like tomorrow, if you're like, hey, you're going to go do a show about food for 10 years, I'd be like, that's really exciting. And if you said, hey, go write a horror movie in the woods, I would feel the same about that. Mm-hmm. There, I, I don't have the confidence to know what I want. I think a lot of people feel that way because I also feel that way. If someone to me said, tomorrow, you're going to go make 10 movies, I'd be as excited as someone said, you're going to have your own sitcom. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the goal is to be better and bigger and happier in bigger and bigger ways. 
Yeah. So it's not like I got to make partner at the firm, you know, right. especially with something as nebulous as show business where that po- that goalpost is moving so much. Yeah. You know, well, here's a question. If somebody said, okay, Eliza, we want you to make a new TV show, but it needs to be a psychological thriller, no comedy, nothing funny, go. Are you excited? Do you want to do that? I'd say, can we get the girl who, can we get, um, oh shit, what's her name from Killing Eve? The girl that wrote it. Come on. Oh God, the. Uh, yeah, uh, the girl that wrote Phoebe Fleabag. Waller-Bridge. Yeah, can Phoebe Waller write it? And can I just redo Killing Eve, but I'll be the one with the accents? You know what? No, because that's not a genre. If somebody gave me a part, that would be fun, but sure. that doesn't, like sci-fi, for example, I'd yeah. be like, I'm falling asleep. Because you have like a wheelhouse. Yeah, I got you a wheelhouse. You have a thing that you're good at, and you can do a million things with that. And you feel that your wheelhouse is almost everything in a way. An, or conversely, almost nothing. Almost nothing. Well, that's a very you thing. Like, or it's nothing. I think I have nothing special about me other than my willingness to go really hard at shit. Well, that's very special. And I think that, yeah, and I agree. Know. I think that that is something that a lot of people don't have the energy for. Well, I think you're selling yourself short. Somebody wants just going back to sleeping siren six. How do you analyze a meet and become great friends? I think I'll let you tell the story. Well, I... okay, I'm gonna try to get it right. Okay. Okay. So, I was on Twitter. Yes. Where I spend a lot of my life because I like talking to strangers. You do. You like I really people. do. I love interacting with strangers. I also like I like disliking people and arguing with them. I, I just like interacting. Yeah. And I think that uh, I was following you, and I think you followed me. Mm-hmm. And I think we had a conversation somewhere. In, I think you DM'd me yeah. first. And I think you said, hey, I'm thinking about doing a one-woman show. Mm-hmm. Do you want to help me? Mm-hmm. Now, here I am, person who does not do anything in that world— and what do I say? I say, of course I do. Let's meet and talk about it. Yeah. And then we met. We went to coffee. Yes, at Insomnia. At Insomnia. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. I didn't remember that. And we sat and we talked, and you talked about this show you wanted to do. Uh-huh. And it was a great—it's still a great idea. I don't remember it. You don't? Was it the categorizing of things? Yeah, back in your—but it was all about your blog. hometown. I think I was trying desperately to mesh two ideas together, mm-hmm. and we couldn't figure it out. Yeah, well, what ended up happening in, in my memory is we you wrote a first draft. You sent it to me. I sent back a bunch of notes on an airplane. Mm-hmm. You looked at it, and you said, okay, cool. And then we said, let's get together in a few weeks. I came back to town. We got together. We were both not in relationships and dating, like, people randomly, and we, it was going poorly for both of us. Uh-huh. We talked about all the people we were dating poorly for about three hours, accomplished nothing, and then we did that again the next meeting. Yes. And then the next time, the third time we hung out, we said, maybe we should just be friends because we're <laughs> fucking bad at working together because we accomplished nothing. <laughs> nothing. Is that is that— I think that's complete. that's apt, and I think that's very fair. And I just, you know— I have that thing as a girl where I see—it's tough because you see men. You're like, I want to be friends with that guy. Yeah. And and I for some reason, you carried yourself like someone who—I knew you produced The Bachelor, so I knew you had some semblance of story, and you were smart, and I thought you were funny. And I was like, I bet this guy has an idea or two. And I liked talking to you. And it's that thing— have you know it's always a tricky thing it's always interesting when you can come out with an actual friendship where the yeah. story isn't like and then we made out and then right. we dated it's just like <laughs> we are friends now yeah and that was that and what i liked about you is cuz i when i'm out there doing my friend collecting mm-hmm. um i like people who outshine me in very particular ways hmm. and in my friend groups i was always like kind of quick and like kind of witty and kind of funny <laughs> 
and you just fucking blew past me Aww. in our conversations. Like, I was always, like, trying to do my thing where I talk slow and enunciate and make a real good joke. And by the time I finished one, you already back at me. And I, really, and I really liked that because it, it to this day, I feel challenged talking to you. In that way, and I mean that. Thank you. And that's why I think I've always wanted to continue to be your friend. Yeah. Because it takes a it takes a lot to maintain a friendship it when two does. people are busy. Well, also, I will just say this because what you're describing, if I found that in another person, I'd be like, I hate this guy. What the hell is his problem? Doesn't he know I'm better? So that's really evolved <laughs> of you <laughs> to be like, I like that. Um, and I think you're a very uh, disarming person. Uh, I think that's why people like you, and you. Like, you know what you know. You're never a dick. You're interesting. You got a fun look. <laughs> I've never—I always want you to come to an event or a party because I'm like, look what a fun person I have here. <laughs> and he's cool to talk to. So I'm glad that we're still friends. And people were excited to have you on here. And they've got a lot of questions. You know, you write these books on on advice. Yeah. What is anti-self-help? You have a name for the category. It's— uh, Unspirational. Unspirational. It's uh, to make you feel worse. So we've got some—I'm so just going to kick it off. Um, Nadja.Nutella. Eliza, you're so funny. Your podcast makes my day. This question is for both of you. What do you do to make yourself feel better after a crappy day? Do stress eat? Meditate? Exercise? Spend time with family and friends? I would love some ideas on how to unwind. Oh, I got a good one. I want to hear all of it. Because it's, it's one thing for me. Okay. And it's how I got into one of my passions, which is cooking. You also have the food of Ilan. That sounds yeah. like I dropped that audio in later. And this is your Instagram. Because <laughs> this guy eats Michelin star restaurants all over the world, tiny hidden gems. Like, you are a foodie in the greatest sense of the word. It's the, it's, it's the most, it's the thing I love the most in the world. And, and I, a lot of it got started because I'm a stress case. I... I consider almost every day a bad day. Once in a while, I'll have a good day. Today's been nice. So Today's far. been real nice. <laughs> Podcast oh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> but um, what I do is I cook. And the reason I do it is because it requires concentration. So like taking a, a an, an onion or a bell pepper and brunoising it and just like t- making it into tiny little bits, that takes concentration. And if you don't concentrate, if you think about how bad your day is, you're going to cut your hand open. Ooh, and that's a way stakes. in which I'm just staring staring at something, trying to get it right. And then it gives me a sense of accomplishment when I get it. Because oftentimes when I'm feeling like lonely or lost or shitty about myself, it's because I feel unaccomplished in the day itself. Mm. And it doesn't need to be a big goal. It doesn't need to be writing a book. It doesn't need to be like making a movie. It can be making a fucking salad. I just want to create something that is good. Okay. And that takes it all away from me. Does it? It really does. It's it's, it's either making a good meal or eating a good meal. Um. It's interesting because I've watched your Instagram over the years, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you've become quite the chef. You make, <laughs> you had us over for dinner, and, like, I look at your your food is pretty. It's not, like, home-cooked hash. You know, like, these are, like, delicate. You chose, you like hot cuisine, and so there's there's a delicate aspect to it, and you research the thing. It's a lot of Asian food, but you really do yeah. whatever. And you, I think it's always cool when your hobby can become something that you're actually quite proficient at. Yeah, well, you know, it, it, you have you kind of get better because you have to. Like, mm-hmm. if that's what you're living off of, if that's the food you eat, mm-hmm. you know, the, if you don't give yourself the option of eating out all the time, you simply will get good at cooking. Interesting. Because you are eating it every day. And the first 30 times you make something, I always say, people are like, what if it's not good? Good question. Throw it away, order a pizza. But right. after 30 times, you can't do that anymore. You have to get better. You got to get your shit together. 
Also, you want to feel like you're evolving. You know, I do think there is a freedom. I haven't found this thing yet. In being really bad at something that you love doing. Yeah. I don't know that I have any hobbies, but I wouldn't mind being bad at something that I really enjoy. Uh, I'm, I love bowling. I'm terrible at it. Love it. Yeah, but I love it, and I don't care if I'm good. I just like throwing balls at things. No stakes. You love that you said no that sentence. Stakes. <laughs> Your nostrils flared. I was like, I don't want it. I have tells. Do you? <laughs> it's a tell. Do you? Are you? Because I'm. I'm like. I love bowling. There's some friends. We have some drinks. But after the first game, they're like, "Let's go another." I'm like, "Can we just go home?" No, I can't I, do it. I can just do it all day long because again, it's it's a thing for me where I'm concentrating on a task. And okay. anytime it's here's another good example that I learned in the last few years: working out. And people will say it's the endorphin rush mm-hmm. or whatever. For me, it's any distraction from the emotional anguish of living. You are really – you've got some existential crises, crises here. Full time. Full time. Full time, baby. Is it <laughs> – existential crisis, full time, all the time. Centauri time. Uh, I, I guess I just get bored and then I, I'm trying to think of what my thing is to relieve stress. I don't think I do. Mm, I think, you know, at like 10 p.m. I'll watch M episodes of The Office. Yeah. But I will wake up at 3 a.m. like, I didn't do the corrections on my draft. Like it, I think you collect stress. Probably. I think you collect it, and then I think you shoot it out at your audience. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because after a show, I have nothing left to give. I think if you were to have a good stress reliever, it would weaken your performance. I think that a lot of doctors would disagree because I think a lot of people have that fear. Like, if I take this medicine, if I meditate, will I lose my edge? And then people would say, no, you should be more focused. I, I, I don't enjoy weed, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's a lot of things that you can do to unwind that don't require energy. No. So, and I don't think – do you feel like you need to unwind? Sometimes. Sometimes? I, and what do, I not, think I feel like people tell me, but I don't know. I guess I that's what to. I'm saying. Like, the person who asked the question – that person needs to unwind. I need to unwind. You don't need to unwind. I don't. And the think idea so. that we all need the same thing is a is a is a giant problem. We I have. love that. You're we right. We don't. You don't need to unwind. I do. I need to fucking relax. You're good. You don't think I'm? No. I think this is why you're good. Right. I think this is why you're who you are because you've embraced the fact that you are at nine and a half almost all the time, <laughs> and then occasionally oh, you go here. to eleven. <laughs> we went to breakfast two weeks ago. <laughs> You were at nine and a half. You had just finished a workout. <laughs> you were exhausted. Yeah. And you were you, you were the same as you were on stage. Funny. You just operate at that level. You're like, and we all had a horrible time with you. No, it was great because I had no energy. And I was right. like, oh, good. Eliza's going to talk. I don't have oh to do God. any work. I can listen and enjoy. That's so funny because I left that thinking like, oh, we all had a conversation. We did. <laughs> we did. We did. We did. But, you know, you run it. It's you run your social circles. I do. And yeah. I'm okay to not. I just – I'm a big collector of like – I I'm not a good social climber. Um, and I think a big part of being in L.A. is like playing that game. Yeah. And there are strategically people you would invite to a dinner party or you maintain certain friendships. But like I reward consistency and yeah. I make spiritual investments in people. And I if I don't get that reciprocated, I just can't. Like here's the thing. I think you and I could not travel together. I wonder. I don't think so. I don't think that because I love being around you. I love your energy. I don't think you should calm down at all. Mm-hmm. If we spent 72 hours together, I think I would annoy you with my lack of ability to keep up and you would annoy me 
with your energy. Hmm. But I think that that's why we've always maintained this really particular friendship where we see each other once every few months. Yeah. Or sometimes, you know, once a couple weeks for a while. And in those moments, we always find a balance. Yeah. We go right back to where we started. We, we see each other when we need something from each other. Like, I need a quote for this book. I need you to be in my book. We right. Like, need th- yeah, I think that that's okay. I think it's good. I, I also— think we, I think we fulfill each other's lives in that way. Again, you know, other friends are for other things. Those people that are there for you, not everyone not is for everything. I completely agree. Not everyone's for everything— and I think that's something, especially for the girls that are listening, you know, I get a lot of questions about, like, should I get rid of this friend? Some friends are just the friends you get a pedicure with. Some friends, the travel ones you won't know till you actually do it. Uh, some friends are not adaptable. Some friends you could talk to about family things, but not, it's, your best friend is for everything. I, I agree. That's I think that it. having people that are, um, it's like a baseball team. It's like a money ball. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> having people that fulfill certain roles in your life and also understanding that you fill particular roles in other people's lives, too. You can't be everything to them also. And knowing your own place in their life, that's how you stop being hurt when people don't invite you to things. Mm. Don't invite you to weddings or parties. Like, there's a lot of parties and weddings I don't get invited to, and I go, that's correct. Right. Because I'm not a part of, like, that part of your life. I'm not there to be with your family and friends. I'm there to have coffee with every two weeks, and I don't need to be different. I think – I would say I think sometimes as women, you know, the ego is so – I mean, everyone has an ego, but it, we take it as such an affront to us as women. Like, how could you not? And I'm sitting there thinking, like, please don't invite me. I don't want to go. I don't want to go to your thing. I want to sit and stare at the wall, which is like a hobby of mine. So Your wedding was great, though. It thank was. you for inviting me. Thank you. And as like soon that. as I saw you dance – with your dad, mm-hmm. I left because there was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing. Great. $100 plate dinner. Glad nothing, you took off. I ate the food. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> but there is that thing where closer friends stayed. You come for the service, which I really do think is the most important part. Yeah. And you get the gist of it. You yeah. missed the pastrami bar and the candy bar. I did, and I thought about it a lot. Good. From the comfort of my bed. That's relaxing. all. I, well, I just want you to ponder it. Anonymous. <laughs> I'm a 24-year-old girl, and I live in San Diego. I graduated from college in 2017, and a month before graduation, I started dating my best friend. You got it? Yeah. We. I have sometimes—I have to—these are printed out so I can read along sometimes because it's hard for me to follow. Yeah, no. When I, there's more than one thing. I hear you. Okay. We were friends all throughout college. We did long distance from Santa Barbara, where I lived, to San Diego. It's not really long distance. After a year of long distance, I decided to move to San Diego with a few of my friends to be closer to my boyfriend. A year later, things were going very well, but on our two-year anniversary, he dumped me saying he couldn't handle the stress of a relationship. He just turned 25 and has an extremely stressful sales job, and I feel this is a huge reason he may be going through this quarter-life crisis. Three months after the breakup, he wants to get back together and regrets letting go of such an amazing person, which I am. But I can't help but think this is freak out and bail. Uh, attitude is just is not a fluke, but a very flawed personality trait. Am I right to stay away? Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, that's a lot. There's a lot of complexities there. Uh, five hour commutes are actually the worst I in my opinion. Closer. San Diego to Santa Barbara. It's like five hours. Oh, you're right. It's because Santa Barbara's north. Yeah. Never mind. The problem with that <laughs> with that one is that you can. I dated uh, someone that lived in Fresno for two years, and when you can drive. In four or five hours, that makes it worse than when you're across the country. Because mm. whenever you're having a bad day, you can expect the other person to just make it, to find a way. Whereas if you're across the country, you go, oh, they don't have a ticket. That's a pain in the ass. You excuse them more. 
That said, it really depends on how the relationship has gone. If this person has had a tendency to freak out and run, then you already know this is a pattern. If it's a one-time thing, you have to decide. Do you want to give them one more chance, not two, three, four, or five? But you need to like lay down the ground rules in a really specific way, in my opinion, where you say, listen, here is my analysis of what happened. You cut and run, and if you cut and run again, from that moment on, there will be no contact, there will be no mercy. It will be the end of you and I as humans on this earth knowing each other. And if you're willing to take that, if you're willing to take that on, knowing that there's not going to be a smooth breakup, there's not going to be patience and calm and kindness, I'm going to fuck up your life, motherfucker, if you do this again. And then if that person goes, I am so confident I am willing to take that challenge on, give it a shot. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think... uh Many people are good with ultimatums. I'm that way. I'm like, you won't even, if I ever had a guy do that or like cheat on me, it would be like taken in the middle of the night. Like you wake up, I'd be gone, bed unmade, stuff gone, like black ops, stealth mode out of your house. And I would never talk to you again. But see, you're right. People are bad at ultimatums. But what the guy did is he gave her an ultimatum and then didn't give give her the choice. Mm. Right? He basically already did that once. He said, it's my way or the highway. As a matter of fact, it's my way. Okay. So if you don't feel – you should feel totally inspired and compelled to plant an ultimatum on his ass. In my what opinion. a light he's brought out in you. <laughs> the inspiration. Well, you know, yeah. he did it. Yeah. He took away your own agency. Now take that, put it back on him. If he can get his shit together and you want that, great. And if not, just done. But make him understand the gravity because right mm-hmm. now it's, it's easy to be like, I love, I love you. Mm-hmm. I miss you. I want you back. That's easy. The gravity of a choice like you're either in this for marriage, kids, the whole thing, painful divorce or, <laughs> or we're done right the fuck now with that tone. I'm so horny. You'll figure out right. if that guy's actually interested or if he's just lonely. That's a great call. I, what resonates with me is what did you say earlier? The thing that resonates. Nah, I can't remember now. The thing that resonates with me, oh, you ever, you just keep trying to say this at the beginning of the sentence and it won't start. My question is, what was he doing for those three months? That's what I want to know. Because usually, especially when a guy's younger, I can't do the relationship as subtext for like, I just want to get laid by someone else. And he probably went out with that other person. I don't mean to put this in your head. Went out with that other girl, didn't work out. He's like, oh, I really miss Barbara, whatever your name is. And he went back. But I completely agree with Alon. And it doesn't have to be so severe, but, you know, and you know what? You might date for five more years, and it is a nice breakup, but he has to know if he, in within the next year, is like, I can't do this. You're done. You might break for five years. You might, as you said, and have a nice—but you can't let him know that. You can't let him know. you got to put have, fear in him. You, you have to make sure he understands this is life or death because he did that to you. He did do that to you, and while re- relationships are not about harboring things or revenge, they are, and you are a woman. <laughs> Hold on to it tightly, stick it in a jar, never forget what he did to you. And uh, I'm team revenge. I'm pro-revenge. You should get some shirts made, and I would wear one. Mm, we'll team get revenge. We'll get it done. I believe you will get it done. Yeah. I believe you'll get a celebrity campaign and, like, a calendar behind yeah, we'll it. Give all the all the proceeds to charity again. What about fun. Team Petty? Oh, I mean, Team Petty. Team Petty's good. But it's hard to it's hard to be pro petty. You have to pretend to not be pro petty by saying and then how be, not petty you are. Right, exactly. I'm not petty, but 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 here's the thing: you did. I one time somebody gave me. I was super stressed out, 
and I had a boss who was really nice. And she said to me, she's like, you look like shit. <laughs> go get a massage. Go to this place in Culver City. I bought you a massage. Just go, give certificate, show up, go after work today. It was like the nicest thing. And I go, and I lay down on the little thing, and the person comes into the room, and she starts rubbing me on my back, obviously. And then she says, do you remember me from high school? <laughs> this is a true story. And I was like, and I, I looked up, and I hadn't, when I walked in, I hadn't, I hadn't like noticed. But she, once she said it, I was like, oh, yes. Oh, I do. And we were mostly friends. Like, we had no problems, but we were just, like, mostly friends. But we weren't, like, close friends. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I do. It's really good to see you again. What a funny coincidence. 10, 10, 15 minutes pass, and then I hear, do you remember what you wrote in my yearbook? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding. And I said, I do not. And she said, "Uh, well, you didn't say anything about, like, keeping in touch or being friends in the future. You just said that it was nice knowing me, and that really hurt my feelings. Oh my and I'm there. I'm, you know, I've underwear on because I'm self, self, uh, you know, aware, con- confident. <laughs> oh, okay. So, no, conscious, conscious. Oh, yeah. I'm not confident. Oh. And <laughs> okay. And so I'm, I'm there, but I'm, I'm kind of in this very vulnerable position with this person. Yeah. And I, and but it was actually a great moment for me because I was just like, here's the thing. I'm really sorry. Because it meant nothing to me, obviously, but it fucked you in some part of your brain for like 10 years that you're remembering it now? Because I don't remember what anyone's yearbook. I don't remember. I, I don't remember what the yearbook looked like. Most people I went to high school with. But I apparently was close enough that it bothered her. And then we had like a really nice talk for like the next 25 or 30. Instead of being defensive, I just apologized. And it was all she needed to feel like she was heard for this resentment. And I actually felt totally great about it. And afterwards, I was really glad she brought it up because now I could feel, (laughs) I know that sounds weird. I'm giving him the darting eyes. I know it sounds weird, but I really think it was kind of cool that she had this thing lingering. And in the opportunity, she didn't say like, Oh, fuck it. I'm going to be professional. She's like, I'm going to break every taboo. Yeah. And I'm going to talk to you about this thing that's been bugging me. And I loved it. And we had a really nice chat. And then we became Facebook friends and, like, stayed in touch for a while. You're like, I'm glad you brought that up. What do we do about this boner? Like, I got to bring that up. <laughs> I'm thinking you're stressed out. And you're like, here we go. I, I was stressed out the second you said Culver City after work. I'm like, how far is that commute? <laughs> what time was that? Uh, two, how and you... days, oh, two and a half days. Oh, my God. I had to take a week cart. off work. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you have felt that way if it was just at a Starbucks and she was like, hi, I'm Betsy. Do you remember me? Or is it because you were forced to be vulnerable and relaxed that you were like, I just gotta let it go? I think I probably would have been a little more defensive, mm. if I'm being honest. Mm. But I also know that I know that I don't care about shit like that. And if it if it matters to someone else and it doesn't matter to me, it's really easy to let go. I'll only have the argument if I oh. care about the topic. I, I, as much energy as you think I have, there are so many times where someone broaches something and I'm like, I don't care about this. Right. I don't have the energy to give to everyone. And that's a real battle of mine, like holding in the energy, not giving it to stupid things. Yeah. I want you to, I want your next book. What genre? It's the humor genre, but it's like life coach humor, yeah. ironic yeah. life coaching. Yeah. 
can you do it? It would be called um, hold on to that tiny, hold on to that rage. And it will just be little ex- little paragraphs that all your celebrity friends give of a time that they wouldn't let something go and were petty. <laughs> like I have this neighbor who has this gigantic tree and all the pine needles fall on my balcony, all of them. And it's yeah. just swamped. And I will scoop them up from time to time and just throw them over <laughs> her, her wall. Not all of them, but like it's like trim your fucking tree. Yeah, look, I, I, I harbor resentment. I, there's like five or six people that used to live next door to Molly and I, mm. and I think about them every day. Thank you, Emily. Did you hear that? I don't feel like such a rage monster because I think about fantasy. I, I think about them every day. Oh I, I envision like ways I could have handled our confrontations with more malice. Oh, I love that. Okay, good. I, See? I fantasize. Mm. I almost sexualize yelling at them. <laughs> <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? Like, there's, I'm I'm horny for yes. screaming at my neighbors. Yes, you're my friend. I, I really am. Like, it really, like, I, there's something about it. Because oh their actions were so deplorable, I just really, I had, I, I just want their, their lives to be pain. Thank you. And you know what? I really wrestle with this thing. I really think I'm a good person. And when I have those thoughts, as I have my whole life, I'm like, oh, am, is this, like, imposter syndrome and, and I'm not a good person? No, the answer is I am. Most people feel this fucking way. Yes. And we're such good people that I'm just blown away when someone is so selfish and it ignites this rage in me because I like to operate at a level where I think about other people. I'm considerate. I'm in a democracy, in a society. And when other people are so fucking selfish, whether it's the tiniest injustice, I was on a plane the other day, or, or just like this rule infraction. I was on a plane the other day. I was sitting in the exit row. And, you know, this bullshit thing where you got to have the window down if you're yeah. in the exit row. She comes over. She goes, we need to have your window. It was hot outside. It was very hot. So my legs were baking. We need to have your window down for taxi, takeoff, and landing. I said, okay. We were still at the gate. So I put the window up. She comes back over. She goes, I need that down. And I said, you said taxi, takeoff, and landing. And we are still at the gate. She goes, and before taxi. I go, okay. You didn't say that. Get an attitude. <laughs> you did not say that. And I will put it down now. I had a thing with the flight yesterday. By I, the way, your fame came from that's true. an altercation you had with a woman, and a lot of it was fiction, fiction but an initial altercation with a woman uh, on a flight, and that's when your Twitter account blew up. Yeah. So this is your and, wheelhouse. And all because I'm on flights all the time. Sure. And because I believe in justice. I am a justice <laughs> warrior with my little cocktail sword. And I believe that planes are— uh, tiny little cities that mm. we build and live in for a short time, and the more we can all get along and be like civil, the better we're going to be. Mm. But this goes back to what you're saying about thinking things, right? Mm-hmm. Which is when you have a neighbor, let's say, who does something selfish and dumb, like they throw a party, mm. and it's three o'clock in the morning, and they can have a party. But they have it so loud and they're screaming outside that that no one can do anything. Right. Right. There, there are levels like of what you can there do. There are levels. And here's the thing is that many people will tell you that in that moment you should not pray for God to open the skies and decapitate everyone in that backyard. But I believe you should. Thank you. Primarily because no one's going to actually do it. Right. And the thought can be hyper-cleansing to you mm-hmm. as a kind of like lived-out fantasy. Mm-hmm. And it has not only no negative impact, it has no impact whatsoever. People who believe in vibration would disagree. 
but I agree but with you. But those people are wrong <laughs> because both vibration and anything answering your prayers to decapitate your enemies don't exist. <laughs> so, th- th- you know, that's— I think vibrations <laughs> exist, but— Well, vibrations exist. But I, I'm with you. The amount of times I've been like, I hope that person dies. And people clutch their pearls like, why did you say I'm like, they're not gonna. I never get my wish. Right, you can hope it. Yeah. Hoping for a million dollars and hoping a person dies have the same impact. Zero. Zero. That's very true. Eh. Or the vibrations are real. The vibrations are not real. I know you want the vibrations to be real. The vibrations are not real. I You well. see patterns where you want to see them because you have a very good brain. Um, <laughs> I think... There is something to a collective conscience, and I do think there is something to the way that you want to feel, and you're saying see things, um, and it changes your outlook and therefore everything else around you, and that's a whole other thing. But I think what we come together on is that we both wish horrible things on people who are being horrible. Yes, and I don't even want those things to happen. I want to allow myself the feeling. Yes, that's the thing. We stifle feelings. Because if somebody did negative. decapitate all the neighbors, I'd actually feel bad. You'd feel horrible. Because I want an outside just, justice. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. They shouldn't be decapitated, but I can want it without them being decapitated. Right, but I also shouldn't be awake at 3 a.m. Right. Because you don't understand how to live in, Life's a, in a neighborhood. Life's not fair. Life's not fair. But it is, you know, when you're the kind of person that holds yourself, I have a high set of morals. I expect a lot from other people, and I— Try to always do the right thing, and when other people, whether it's throwing garbage out of your window or your cigarette on the street, cutting someone off, just being rude, being on a plane, kick, like just things that are unaware, listening to music with your headphones off. Sure. Don't do any of those things. People are raised by wolves. I, I don't understand why, but it's, a, it's an interesting thing where it, I think everything in life comes down to a lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. It's just that they've never considered what anyone else's experience of the world is like. Yep. And so how could they know that playing their music isn't good? They've and only no ever played s- their music. Right, and there's no way – I've. there's no way to ask someone to be kind – People get so angry back. There's no way I've gone through it to tell someone, hey, please don't throw your trash out of the window. People get defensive when they're embarrassed. And yes. then they're like, fuck you. Oh, oh, I had a woman driving down my home the other day, and she, her kids were throwing trash <gasps> out the window. Oh, my God. And I gave her a, a gentle honk, a meh, not even a meh, like a meh. I gave her a gentle honk. A gentle honk. And she pulled over, and I pulled over next to her, and I said, in this tone, I said, excuse me, just so you know, I'm honking because your children are throwing trash out the window. And she goes, oh, thank you very much, Mr. Police. Oh. And it was like, there's only two options. One, you're a sociopath. Or two, you knew that your kids were throwing trash out the window. Mm-hmm. And you think that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I have a third option. What's the third one? You didn't know and now you feel your mothering is being attacked. It is being Because attacked. you didn't have eyes in the back of your head. It is. And so she's embarrassed. But that's such a weird way to deal with embarrassment. I completely agree. I was visiting the Great Wall of China. I was 21. And there was a part of the wall that had been reconstructed. This is my only justification for what I did. So the cement there had, like, kind of chipped off. But it wasn't original cement. Mm-hmm. And I shouldn't have done this. So I own that. And I picked up a tiny piece of it. And I put it in my pocket. And this British woman, and Americans are always thought of as so ugly. She goes, if everyone did that, then there'd be no more wall left. And I just went like, okay, because like, fuck you. But also, yeah. like she was so right. 
and yeah. I felt so ashamed, and it forever shaped. So even in that moment, like she probably didn't get the answer she wanted of me. It forever shaped the way I consider things. But this is why you're a good person because yeah. that happened 15 years ago, and you remember it, right? And you 15? think. <laughs> I'm just doing the math you told me. I'm trying to do the math. I, don't know. <laughs> I can't do the math. <laughs> I can't do the math. You remember that yes. and it has shaped your actions. Yes. I didn't I wasn't just like fuck her. Yeah, no one no one requires you to know that you shouldn't do that. You you shouldn't have done that, but you probably didn't realize it. But when you was pointed out to you, you said, "Okay, now I'm going to change my actions." Another thing really satisfying this last thing I'll say. I was in Atlantic City last weekend. We went to the boardwalk. <laughs> And they had carnival games, and there was a kid shooting baskets. Mm-hmm. And there were these three kids walking. Like, just, the kids were gross. Like, they were just garbage. And they were walking by, and the kid shooting the basket shot it. And as he was releasing it, one of the kids in, the, like, the little group goes, uh, to, like, fuck him up. Just this total stranger who paid for this chance. Yeah. Which is such a shitty thing to do. And I just, and these kids, there were three of them, and they looked like they could fuck someone up. Like, they were teenagers who have no soul. And I just looked at him. And he looked at me, he goes, what? And I just shook my head and walked away. And I was like, what are you going to do, hit me? Yeah. And I like to think that that look will kind of shape the way that he interacts. Like, I want, like, hey, motherfucker, I saw you. Someone saw you and there was some accountability there. I I hope so. I hope he dies. Yeah. probably for the best. Well, you know, there's no way of knowing if he will or won't. Uh, There's no way. (laughs) Well, he will. He will. We just don't know when. No, I don't hope he dies. Or how. Anonymous. How do you deal or have you dealt with guys and their fragile egos? Now, this might apply to you, Elon, but perhaps you just roll your eyes, but perhaps mm-hmm. you, okay. I got at, is the eye roll because it's an annoying question or because you know how to, you've dealt with it? Because every, all, yes, they have them and yes. they're horrible. <laughs> I got out, okay, good. I got out of an emotionally abusive relationship eight months ago. I broke up with him. She's like, for the record, I broke up with him. And since then, I've been trying to trying to online date with Tinder and Bumble. I've used these apps before and have gotten relationships from them, including the most recent, but lately I've been noticing how guys get so butthurt if they get any sense like they're not the only one I'm talking to. If I don't reply right away, I've gotten messages like, oh, okay, I see you're not interested, or something of that sort. It's such a turnoff. Please help me conquer the world of online dating. I just want to find my person, but I feel like I'm losing my patience. I think she's doing it right. I think so too. I think she's doing it right. I think all those guys that are saying... Well, you're not interested? Great. You this imagine what that'd be like if you were actually dating them. Mm. You're a stranger and they feel so fucking entitled to your time. Imagine if you went on three dates. Like this is a great screening process. Entitled to your time. Excellent point. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Get out of there. Great. In fact, what I would do is I would start responding with like, "Listen, bro. Listen, beta bro. I don't owe you anything." And I'm going to date whoever I want. At this point, you've taken a couple of points off yourself. But I'm still willing to give you a chance. Mm. So you let me know if you can handle a woman who has other shit to do than fucking respond to you. And get back to me. And if you're interested in someone who has a life, then we can go on a date. And if not, take it easy. Worst case scenario, you never see them again. Best case scenario, you meet someone who found your confidence interesting. I'm sorry, that's not the worst case scenario. What's well, the worst case scenario? He kills her. Men but, tend to do on, that when on, they feel hurt. But I'm talking hurt. about on Bumble still. Okay. I don't mean like, I mean still in, very that okay, in that moment. Okay, that's fair. Okay. He worst, rapes you, kills you, uh, shoots up a school. Okay, that those Men are, do these things. You are right. Okay. Those are all very bad. And that's our show. <laughs> wow. It's, uh, yeah. But you're right. But I think that those kind of interactions 
can be really informative. But you're right. I didn't consider that, and that's a good, nice check of my male white privilege that I go, okay, like, just say whatever you want because you're right. Maybe you can't, and maybe that's a thing that women have to think about that I don't, and I've taken for granted. I appreciate you saying that. I'll take that. Uh, And there's also you may not want to engage. That might be too gross for you. Some women get turned off so quickly. There is this teachable moment where he's like, you're right. I'm so sorry. Like, would love to take you out. And then you're like, oh, super hot. But Elon's right. You are doing it right. And the whole, okay, so you're not interested, it's like putting this pressure like, no, no, I was. I was right there. Maybe I was. And By the way, role reversal, if you said that to a guy, he would show all of his friends and be like, look at this fucking psycho. Yeah, which is what you should do. Mm -hmm. And you have. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're here on the podcast. I love that. Anonymous. What is your biggest pet peeve about grocery stores? Mine is a cashier that refuses to help me bag my shit, especially when there's no other customers in line. It seems that every checkout I scramble to catch the rogue apples and lemons because I'm a good person that doesn't use plastic bags. Cha-ching. As the cashier throws my fruits and veggies haphazardly down the conveyor belt. Why don't they help me instead of watching me awkwardly attempt to throw my shit in a bag before the grand total is revealed? Why? Uh, I have a theory. Yeah. And I believe there is an implicit rule in grocery stores that they do not help you when you bring your own bags. Oh, she said just plastic bags. I'm assuming that means she brings her own bags. I'm not saying that's right. Interesting. I'm not saying it's a good rule. Interesting. But I've noticed over the years that if you bring your own bags, they're very reticent to help you. Why? I don't know. I think part of it might be that they actually want to encourage you to buy bags. Should we call Ralph's right now? Yes, yes, let's call Ralph's. Okay. Emily, can you get Ralph's on the phone? This feels more like a Whole Foods question. Let's call Whole Foods. I feel like Michael Scott. Get him on the phone. You're not, what, what are you saying no to me for? Why is that even an option? I'll call right now. Mr. Foods? Can we not do that? Call Whole Foods? Call the grocery store and be like, I have a question. Do you have a policy? Can you just get can them I on Google the phone? Can Google it? Get the number from Google! I do think it's more of a Ralph's question. Okay, here we go. Split the difference and go Gelson's. No, I'm not doing that. I already called Foods. Okay, here we go. Calling Whole Foods. Already too many Jews in here. And Gelson's <laughs> on top of it. There you go. Should I disguise my voice? No. <laughs> um, excuse uh, Pardon me. <laughs> I have a query. <laughs> okay, they're not going to, of course they're not going to answer. Can't even get a fucking parking spot there. They're not going to answer. What what are they what are they doing? What are the other phone calls they're getting? Competing podcasts asking same question. How is it just ringing? Welcome to fucking LA. All That's right. It's very upsetting. Can you get Ralph's on the phone? Even the phone's got traffic. Get me Ralph's on the phone. I'm going to answer another question. I want you to play all of this including you yelling about Ralph's Keep on the phone. Keep all of it. We are recording this one from Nevada, by the way. <laughs> okay. That's to skirt the privacy laws. Oh, right, right, right. This is... All right, we'll call a... Can, is, that, is anyone going to help me? Is she doing it? Yeah, she's looking it up. We can call not. a Ralph's in, in Nevada. She's What's a one-way... Yeah, call just something. Okay, they do it. Uh, hello, can I speak to Ralph, please? Excuse me, is Ralph is there? Is this his place? Here we go. Here's the crazy <laughs> thing. Apparently, a new thing is that grocery stores don't answer the phone. Uh, what if you want to know if they have something? What is happening? It's very strange. And... Uh, do they... Maybe they don't have phones. They have phones. Anonymous, if you were to create a holiday, a national holiday, what traditions would it have and would you eat 
And what would you eat as part of that holiday? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, man. Oh, I already oh that's good. Okay, you go first while I think of mine. I'm going to pitch you this idea, society. It's National Unfollow Day. It's like the purge. It's one day a year where it's totally, like, socially legal to unfollow anyone that you've collected over the years, a friend of a friend, a friend that you made them drunk, and they can never bring it up. They can't be hurt. They cannot seek any revenge on you. It's a National Unfollow Day, and we will eat strawberries. I, I love that idea. Thank you. I would be into that. National Unfollow Day. Uh, what could people eat that maybe like prunes? Cause you Why? Because you get all prune. Yeah, prune face. Oh, you unfollowed me. I'm a prune. I was once a plum. It was because your relationship was once something a plum. tasty. Yeah, and now it was it's once a plum. Cross sweet raisins. Yeah, anything. Any it's a dried fruit holiday. Anything that once was better and now is like okay. It's a dried fruit holiday. Yeah. If we every every culture needs a dried fruit holiday. Yeah. I think there should be a quiet day. Okay. A day where there is, uh, you're not allowed to raise your voice over a certain volume. Oh, so not like contemplative, like no, 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 day. no. You can talk, you just can't yell or shout. Everyone has to be a certain amount of quiet. And I think the food you have to eat is you have to eat pasta because it's soft and it doesn't make noise, and you have to eat it with your hands. Because so no clinking. So no clinking. So it's like an ASMR no mukbang kind of day. Yeah. Yeah. Redhead underscore, okay. Redhead underscore unicorn says, Elon, why did you make a food gram to make me envy you more than I do? That's why. I, I you know, I want to make you feel worse about yeah. what, what's going on with you, with you by looking like what's going on with me is good. Which is the crux of Instagram. That's how we've learned to operate as a species, mm-hmm. and I am no better than the worst of us. Do you really believe that? I really do. I, Th- then I, the worst? Well, in that capacity— Sure, like, we're all I, doing it. I love to be like, oh, look how cool my life is. But it's really, there's a lot of downtime between the cool things. Hence the cooking. Hence the cooking. But there's also a lot of just like sitting love and that. staring at my fucking phone oh, and reading bad. articles. I get up, I spend two hours a day probably reading articles that make me mad. Absolutely. I'm like an expert in shit that makes me mad. Mm-hmm. I'm an expert in all kinds of things that have no impact on my life and that I can do nothing about. Mm. But I spend hours and then I go to dinner and I talk about them mm. and it seems like I'm like doing something. True coastal elite move oh, right there. it's so fucked. And I just spend so, every morning, half an hour, got to check the news. Why? Why? Why do I have to check the news? I'm not saying I shouldn't. I'm just saying, why is it such an impulse that I know about every single thing that's happening? Because bad news will find you. Like, you'll know if we're going to war. And I talk to people and I go like, oh, my God, can you believe about this regulation and that one and and Hong Kong right now? Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I know, but it doesn't make me better. It doesn't make me useful necessarily. I mean, I— I think it adds to the consciousness that way when you make comments, you know, if you're like, man, they don't do anything in Hong Kong. You're like, actually, they're having some civil unrest right now. But it does add to the agita. And there are many things you can't, like, I look at too many. We all hit the explore button too much on our Instagrams. And mine's curated with my algorithm. It's just, you can watch my face age. It's just, here's a dolphin eating a bottle. Here's a bird that doesn't have a habitat. Here's a koala that's sad because his forest got cut down. Totally. I just feel horrible. And you're not learning anything new. You kn- you're not learning anything very often. Yeah. Usually what you're seeing is proof of what you already know mm. that just makes you feel worse. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do it because I do it too. But it's not like you wouldn't go like, hey, 
check out what I did today. I watched uh, turtles get stuck in six-pack rings, and I cried. I do. I put it on my Instagram. I'm like, you guys need to see this too. I want – because I actually – environmental stuff, I don't feel because I was one of them people know. And so I want to share that pain so you feel as shitty as I feel. Yeah. And And do what you can. It works. You and Nikki Glaser, Mm -hmm. who I love – you both make me feel like hell all the time. You but because the, I like feeling like hell, right. I'm okay with it. You enjoy There's an art to it because if it's just that, people will unfollow. No, you 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 weave it in so it unexpectedly yeah. hits you in the dick. That's <laughs> right. Because that, that's the impact. That's what you want. Right. You're having a nice day. Mm. Oh, I saw something the other night of a pig. I, I don't want to hear about this. It Is it pig. like dead? No, it was just a pig in a slaughterhouse walking to slaughter and it was crying. Yeah. And oh, my God. I, I don't want to hear that. I cried for 20 minutes. But you still will eat pork. Yes, I will. Yeah. And because I— It was crying. I, it was. It was the worst. It, I Thinking about it right now makes me feel horrible. I don't really eat pork. So. And I, I do. But it's—I'm a—you know, we're all—I I, want to say we're all. Most of us are giant hypocrites. Elon, that's going to sit with me. Like, I'm so sad right now. Like, you have no idea. People think, oh, she's so strong. Well, now you know what it's like to fucking follow you on Instagram. Welcome to the club. Well, make sure you put your (laughs) bottle in the recycle bin. I want to show you things. Well, this whole whole office that you've presented in front of me is full of plastic bottles. It's not my... No, it's not. These are all plastic bottles. What are you doing? They can't... can't, I have my swell, and we even bring in glass bottles. They know me. There's (laughs) six packs. There's... (laughs) That's fucked. That's fucked. My mother. Oh, my God. It's my birthday. Oh, God. I was supposed to be with my mother. Ow. My my leg. Ow. Yeah. That's horrible. That's in my mind 24 hours a day. (laughs) An animal saying, it was my birthday. Where's my mother? Why is that so specific? Because I know Why is what it their hurts birthday? people. Because I know what hurts people. It's I funny, know what but to I say. I gotta tell you, I would lose the birthday bit because it just makes me smile because I keep thinking they're aware of their birthdays. They're very what did smart. they do last year? <laughs> I was supposed to take the bar. <laughs> it's it's Holocaust Remembrance Day. Take the bar. It's Crystal Lock. I know about I know about days. Oh my God! Uh, World War II cognizant pigs is fucking me up. He's trying so. Especially because we don't eat them. My little legs. <laughs> my, my legs. Oh, dark darkness. Speaking of darkness and lightness, it's time for top of the cup. It's the top of the cup. We're doing it right every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cup. Have you prepared your top of the bottom of the cup? That I'm recovering from the jingle. <laughs> So good though, right? It's so good. I did it uh, on a whim. Oh, it's so good. I'm a musical genius. Nobody knows it. Everyone knows it now. Nobody cares. That's true. Uh, you know what? I'll kick it off with my top of the cob. When I go into a coffee shop and I see that they don't have plastic straws, the sense of relief from like, good, I don't have to watch some fucking useless person use a plastic straw who is not disabled, by the way. Do not give me that argument. And uh, even though the cups are plastic, it's one less thing. And that made just a sigh of relief that people are doing the right thing. Can I comment on this for a second? Yeah. Okay. I was at Starbucks yesterday in the airport. I ordered an iced coffee. They brought over the iced coffee. It was a, it was a plastic cup. I was in an airport. Mm-hmm. They put on the lid. It was a clear plastic lid that looked just like the old lids to remove the straws. Now, I have questions. One is, how did it take so long? Because... It's the exact same lid, just clear, 
for for uh, for iced drinks. You're talking about like the sippy lid. The sippy lid. Yeah, but it's clear, it's not the, the white exact, one. Right. And, but the second question I have is, isn't that just the same plastic in a different shape? But minus the straw. So you so don't the need the apparatus. the straw is the issue. The straw is the issue because of this. Um, it's It actually has to do with the shape. It falls through, a lot. I guess, a lot of the machinery that processes okay. things. So that ends up not getting recycled or falling into the ocean because it's not as big as other things. Got it. Um, that Great. being said, we should all be reusing refillable things. I carry one with me. You don't need a straw. That's the other thing is you don't really need a straw. I don't need a straw. Right. I never use a straw so there you if go. I can avoid it. Men should not use straws. Well, it looks funny, yeah. and it causes you to get those little wrinkles around your mouth. And you get wrinkles. Men can grow beards. No one sees your wrinkles. I'm hiding all of mine. It's just a full-on droopy Sharpay face. I'm afraid of shaving because I have no fucking clue what's under there. I could look horrible. Just aged from the nostrils down. Just, I don't know. I could have sores. We don't know. I don't know. You got to keep the I beard. haven't seen my chin in 20 years. Chances are you don't have an upper lip. <laughs> no. No way of knowing. Okay, what's gotta, the, what's the, know. you have a, a no, you got to do your top of the cob. Oh, my top of the cob? Thing I love. <laughs> I love things too. Um... Uh, okay, I was at the post office the other day, and there was a dude there who wanted to mail something, but he didn't bring a box, and he refused to buy a box. And he started getting really irritated with the people behind the counter mm-hmm. and being like a real dick to them and saying like, well, why can't you just give me a box? And they're like, well, because we sell boxes because we're a store that sells boxes. And they're like, well, what if I bring a box? He goes, Go bring it. That's right. what we said. He goes, well, can I get one out of your trash? And they said, Sure. And then what they did was so great. It was like they've dealt with this before. For me, it was the first time, but they were ready. And every few minutes for the duration of the time that he was there, a new person would walk up and deal with him and then disappear forever. So they would say, oh, I'm sorry, can you explain what the problem is? And then he'd have to start from the beginning. And he was just getting angrier and angrier and angrier. And for the amount of shit I feel like postal people get, mm-hmm. it was really lovely to see that they had a system in place mm-hmm. to ruin this guy's day Yeah, because he was being a dick. Why didn't and you I, just go to the trash? He said he was going to. Oh, he went to the trash? And then the next person, after like person three, he went to the trash, he came back, he put the trash on the counter, and that person said, excuse me, sir, you can't just put trash on the counter. <laughs> and they made him take it off and throw it back away. Really? It really made my, it really made my day. Because if he was just a guy that couldn't figure it out, it would have been fine. But he was being so mean to them. You're like, what are you doing? What are you so busy doing? You can't help me. Mm. See, Motherfucker. Okay. You think that's a you don't like that one. I think once you say like once you're representing a set of rules, and I have this issue with flight attendants all the time that just sort of gerrymander their own rules. Or like this flight you can, this flight you can't because I'm I'm not nice. You said he could use a box from the trash. You said he could, and he may not be awesome, but like you're working at the post office and you don't have to withstand the abuse. But you did say it was okay. So when he brought it back. For you not to uphold that just makes them the problem. But that's why it was so genius because it wasn't the same person. That they person represent was the entity, gone. Elon. But they bro- that person was playing willy-nilly with the rules, man. But Willy-nilly. Well, that's like at a restaurant when they qu- or a store when someone quotes you a price. Yeah. And I say, I, I was told this is $24. Well, we, that you have to honor it if that's what someone told you. You are representing the entity. What they did was wrong even though he was wrong. They can both be wrong. Uh, everyone was wrong. People but, weigh in on this. But I enjoyed the pain. Yeah. What do you guys think? No, I meant in the comment section, not you guys. Okay. In the comment section. When we post it. Eventually. Emily's going to side with 
whatever bothers me. Emily's going, wow. What are you going to do? And where's Ralph's, by the way? We can't talk. They don't answer. No one at a grocery store is answering their phone. I know that because I'm the one that called them. This is my no, life. No, I knew everyone that already because I've called a million grocery stores. Are there stores. other grocery stores that are independent? Can we call, like, Bob's Mart? There's that place on... Um... No, because that'll be different. They'll be like, of course we do. It's a oh, Bob's yeah. Mart oath. What, what's your take on the um, box situation? I stand behind a lot of bad people at the post office, so I like them getting theirs, but I don't want to be told something different. See, I'm a very—you tell me one thing, like the lady with the window flap in the exit row. You said a specific set of rules, and then you changed it because your power felt threatened. But you, she came back, and she uh, changed the rules. That's what I'm saying. She changed you're it. You're saying not that, right. You're saying that whatever someone says to you first lasts forever? If you are representing Prime, an entity. But yes. But the primacy is the most important? What if, what if she's wrong? But, but her—but me having it down— was not affecting anything with the plane. We were still you could have you could be standing up with your seatbelt off and I can't have my window down. Okay, so when I was flying yesterday, this is the story I didn't We were tell. at the gate. I was flying I was at the gate. I had my uh, backpack. I had a tiny he just l- pointed to his backpack, just so you know. And there's a backpack in here. I had my backpack. I had a little bag, small, like fit in the overhead, and I had a suit. Mm, that's three items. So I go Right, I go, and the woman stops me, and she goes, sir, you have too many items. And I said, they're just going to hang it in the closet. Mm, I know this plane has a closet. She said, how do you know this plane has a closet? I go, I've been on this plane. I know this plane has a closet. She goes, I'm sorry, talk to my supervisor. I go to the supervisor. On the plane? No, no, I'm still at the gate. Oh, okay. I go to the supervisor. The supervisor says, I'm sorry, sir, FAA regulations. I go, I understand. Please take this piece of shit suit and give me a little thing. And then the woman who originally stopped me, she pulls me aside as I'm doing. She goes, she goes, sneak, sneak up, sneak onto the plane with it, hand it to the flight attendant, stick it in the closet. You're like, that's what I was gonna do. And I did, and it all worked out fine. But if I had gone with what she had said first, she was wrong that they wouldn't hang it. Okay. They hung it. So I'm just giving you an example that Primacy sometimes being what I think is right. <laughs> then we go from there. Right, so you want people to affirm your rules, and My, then you want them to stand by them. I'm not hurting anyone. And by the way, that suit—are you flying first class? Yes. Hang the fucking suit. I just paid so much for a thing of shitty peanuts and a garbage in-flight movie about Christmas. Hang my fucking suit. That does not count. You could wear it as a coat, and then it's like, is my coat a carry-on? No. Right. So is the apparatus, is the thing in question the hanger? You have to swallow the hanger. If I could become a judge and just do airplane law, (laughs) I would be happy. Airplane court, that's a show. Oh, my God. You know what? I'll write that sketch. You should do it. You what? oh, you should do airplane show, airplane court for your show. Okay, I'll write it down. And and thus our Emmy award winning sketch was born. What is your bottom of the cob? Because I got a good one. I'm writing down airplane court. No one's gonna watch this but me. I went to a place that sold fresh seafood on a port, and everything was fried. Oh, that is that is shitty. Scott just gave the weirdest look. Like, come on, man. Yeah, what a bummer, man. Yeah. That you, is very uh, bottom of it's, the cob. It's literally, we're looking at the water. Their whole thing is we have the freshest things. What port? Newport. 
Rhode Island. Oh, Rhode Island. Okay, because I was like, no, no, not like Newport. Because I was like, I'm the not fish like, didn't oh, come from Orange County. Oh, just Venice Beach, dragon okay. and shrimp. Yeah, there is no excuse. No excuse. And, and there was not an option for the. And and I could see they don't have a group into the kitchen. I could see all of the non yet ruined seafood. Yeah, it was there, but they wouldn't give it to me. Ew. They needed to fry it they before did. they could hand it across the counter. Was there a freezer issue that day? No, it's just I'm trying how to make sense. They of this. just only that's that's their thing. That's that's how it's good to them. I don't know. Maybe what's very the name sad. of the place? Let's shame them publicly. I don't remember. I didn't eat there. You're right. I, I was left. So I'm such a red rage. I left. I went to. A, I waited an hour in line at the Newport uh, Lobster Shack mm. afterwards to avoid eating at the fried food emporium. Most people are garbage, and they're like fresh fish, and it's fried. Oh my! Best Why day. would you fry the fresh? You fry food to when it's get old. rid of it. I don't think people. I don't think the lay person associates associates that reasoning. I think they're like, oh, it's fresh, and I love fried. I don't think people, all people appreciate food. Fried food makes me very angry almost all the time. There's no, there's no reason to, to fry food. That's oh, the ninety percent of the time. Tasty, tasty fried food. They sure do. Sure but do. but that's like second and third tier in their food hierarchy. Right. Like right. it's still junk food's fine. When you're having junk food, junk food should be fried. But other than that, don't fry. Don't ruin okay. food with bread and oil. If by some reason that seafood was flown in from somewhere else, then you can actually take them to airplane court. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dun, dun. Airplane court is now in session. Uh, this is an airplane court issue. This is my bottom of the cob. It happens on airplanes. It happens everywhere, really. Um, I think being a mother is the hardest job in the world. I don't know. I haven't been one, but it really feels like it is. And I always go out of my way to be kind to mothers who are in transit. Uh, when I see mom with like two, it's always, the dad is never there. It's always like, we got to get on a flight to see daddy in DC. It's always a mom with two kids or whatever. And I can imagine how difficult that is because kids can be nightmares. I always go out of my way to smile or say Mm -hmm. a comment like, oh, wow, you're super woman. Just something to, you know. When a mother just can't return the decency, I don't have to make you feel better about this. I don't have to be nice about the fact that your kids are being nightmares. And I always smile to let them know it's okay. Or if I say, like, oh, my God, your, your baby's so cute. The amount of women who are just like, mm-hmm, or mm. say nothing— I didn't have to acknowledge your child or your existence or your struggle. And I'm doing it because you look like you could use a smile. And I didn't do it for anything back, but for you to give me this, like, shut up, you single fucking whore. You don't have kids. That's what I feel back. So we're all trying to be nice here. I'm trying not to make you feel bad for being, like, a mom traveling with kids. At least be a decent human back. This is how similar we are. On Friday, (laughs) I thanked a woman who was sitting near me for how great her kid was. Oof. Her kid was not great, but I could tell she was trying. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the flight, because I like, heard that the guy next to her was looking at her, so at the end of the flight I said, hey, just want to say, a lot of people don't try, and I really appreciate, like, you really, you know, you don't have to. You went out of your way to make sure that the kid didn't go nuts, so thank you. But on a flight back in December from Singapore, there was a child behind me. And another child also behind me on two, uh, two middle seats, two kids alone, parents on each side on the aisle. From the moment we took off on the 17-and-a-half-hour flight, for the first four hours, it wasn't crying. It was screaming. It was screaming 
full-throated, um, lion-roaring, uh, like, shit-exploding, robots-fucking levels of screaming. And in hour four, and, and we're all looking at each other like, this is new. And in hour four, the flight attendant came up, woke up the mother who somehow was asleep. Both parents were sleeping and said, right behind me, said, excuse me, is there anything we can do at all to help? And her response was, we don't do that. We let them cry until they're done. Which is totally fine in your home. But not when every person around you has paid $4,000 for a seat and you're flying for 17 hours. And let me tell you, these kids went on for 11 hours straight of just screaming. And the parents slept like babies. And the rest of us, I mean, we it was all the way through customs. I actually stopped one of the guys at customs and I said, do not let that person back into this country. <laughs> and they said, what did they do? And I said, you don't even want to know. Eli, they could go to jail. They should go to they jail. Should. Don't let them back into our country. Retribution. That's where your pig dream came from. (laughs) Elon, you have been an excellent guest. This is the most wrapped I've ever been. Uh, I enjoyed talking to you. And I said that. That's not a sarcastic. I meant it. I really enjoyed our talk. We have fun. We always have fun. Yeah. We should have more fun. I'd be happy to do that. All right. Yeah. We'll bring the significant others and we'll go have fun. The book, You Are Not That Great But Neither Is Anyone Else, is available he is at the Year of Elon on Instagram, and that's where you conduct most of the. That's business. where you can find me. So you can find him. Check out the tasty food at Food, the Food of Elon. The Food of Elon. Of Elon, uh, join his yolk cracking club. Yeah. Check that out. You can, you can use that name. Every time I crack a yolk, an angel gets its wings. That's right, but not that pig, because he died a horrible death. Oh. My mother. So sad.